Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'll be talking to Bob Lowry. We're going to go over UV, ozone, and AOP for you here. And go over some of the benefits and some of the drawbacks of using one of these systems in your pool. And in the podcast, Bob Lowry will mention that he has some tech bulletins on UV and ozone. You can find those at pcti.online. Again, that's pcti.online. And you can read these tech bulletins there. You can also register for Bob Lowry's Certified Residential course at that website. Pool Service Pro. Open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Also receive priority service, enhanced rebate programs, a discount on your general liability insurance through SPA, a discount on your pool riding software through Skimmer, and an opportunity to co-brand with Leslie's on your social media, website, truck, and more. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. I'm joined again today by Bob Lowry, and I'll let him introduce himself to you here. He's definitely one of the experts in the industry. And um, so, how are you doing today, Bob? Doing great. I'm talking to you all today from Lima, Peru, where in my office it's about 80 degrees. Yeah. yeah you show me the thermometer so you, I can vouch for that. Um, so, you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your background, Bob, and then we'll just jump in and we'll talk today about UV ozone and some of the benefits and things they should know about those. Okay. Yeah, I um, I got in the pool industry in 1973, so this is my 48th year in the pool industry. Um, I got into the industry uh, by starting a company called Robarb, which is still around, um, R-O-B-B of Robarb came from Robert and ARB from my partner, Joe Arbicheski. Um, we actually started that in about 1972. Um, then a few years later, I sold that to my partner and moved to California and started Leisure Time Chemical in 1977. And I had a partner with that and we sold it in 19, the end of 1985. I retired for about two weeks and I started a publication that's still around called Service Service Industry News. I owned that for about seven years and sold that to my partner. Right after that, I went to work for Dell Industries as their technology officer, um, and Dell makes ozone. And uh, I went to work for them for about a year. And then uh, right after that, I became the director of tech, of, uh, uh, the chemical director at uh, Leslie's Swimming Pool Supplies. I was their technical director for uh, six years until the uh, Northridge earthquake in 1994. That kind of scared me out of California, so I, I retired again and moved to Georgia and became a consultant, an independent consultant, and um, I've uh, been an independent consultant since then. Uh, all of my information is 
independent of any manufacturers or, or anybody telling me what to do. I have uh, invented 111 chemicals. I have written 21 books on pool chemistry. I was a CPO instructor for 21 years and actually um, certified more than 2,500 service techs as CPOs. I've written about uh, 175 articles and and couldn't tell you how many seminars I've given, probably 500. I can just sum it up by saying that you have an extensive background in the pool industry, right? Indeed. <laughs> and besides that, I'm a degree chemist. Yeah. So you you definitely have the background for these podcast recordings that we've been doing every month. And today I thought we could we could touch on some things that we hear a lot about and I think they're gaining tremendous popularity and that's yeah. the use of UV and ozone in the industry. So you know, right. back you know, they're they're probably taking the the steam out of the salt generators now. They I seem like every other question is UV and ozone now and not too many saltwater generator questions. So right. um you wanna go over We'll just start with the basics and, you know, what are the benefits of UV and ozone? Let's start with that. Well, we should, I think. Um, I, I, I would like first, if we can, to, to kind of discuss the capabilities and limitations, if you will, of what these things will and will not do. So before you decide on which of these supplements you want, and, and I use the word supplement because... These devices are not standalone primary sanitizers. They supplement what you're already doing. And how much of what you're already doing just matters on how big of a supplement you buy. So you can eliminate 20% of your chlorine if you buy a small ozonator or a small uh, UV unit. You can eliminate 90% of it or 95% of it or maybe even all of it or close to all of it, if you get a big unit. So it's a matter kind of your budget or your, your customer's budget. So just to be sure, um, are you unhappy with your current method? Is that the reason? Um, do you want better water quality? Are you trying to reduce chlorine? Are you interested in something that provides killing and disinfection and oxidation? all the time instead of just when the service guy comes or when you dump some in next week? Um, are you trying to kill cryptosporidium or giardia, which are fairly chlorine resistant? Have you just heard about it and it's a buzzword and it's something you think you might want? You know, those, you need to kind of answer those questions, but do you really need one of these units or you, do you just want some information? And so it kind of breaks down into that. But builders are wondering if they should include them on their pools. Service techs are wondering if they should offer them to their customers. And pool owners have heard about these, but they're not sure if they need them. But all of these devices put out a fixed amount of whatever it is they put out. They put out, uh, in the case of, say, a chlorine generator, it puts out a fixed amount of chlorine. It doesn't react to how many bathers you put in the water. Um, UV light puts out a fixed amount of UV light. An ozonator puts out a fixed amount of ozone. So they put out a fixed amount, and they don't react to how many bathers you have in the water. And it's important to understand that. 
So let's talk briefly about the technology of each, and then we can talk specifically. But UV light is a light, and it is contained. It's a, an ultraviolet bulb, uh, similar to a black light like you used to see in the discos and stuff. It's a black light. Um, it's pretty well invisible. There is a tube that's usually about three or four inches in diameter, and it has a UV bulb in the middle of it. And the bulb may be two or three feet long. Space around that bulb is where the ultraviolet light uh, generates and magnifies. And things passing within about an inch or two inches of the bulb um, get irradiated by that light. And living things, the RNA is changed. Not the DNA, but the RNA is changed. And when the RNA changes, the, the organism can't replicate, can't reproduce. And because they have such a short life, it essentially kills them because they don't live very long anyway. So the other thing is ozone. And ozone um, has a half-life of between 3 and 18 minutes. So the longest it's going to stay in your pool is 18 minutes and probably closer to three minutes most of the time. Um, the reason is because there's always something in your pool to be oxidized. You know, anything, sweat, urine, sunblock, leaves blowing into the pool, grass, whatever, getting into the pool. So there's always something to be oxidized. So the ozone doesn't stay around very long. And this is an important thing to remember, that, that it doesn't stay around very long or it's a device. And what the device means is that if you have algae growing on the walls of the pool, it's not going through a UV unit. If you also, if you have ozone, uh, algae growing at the shallow end of the pool and the ozone being put into the deep end of the pool, the ozone's not getting anywhere near the algae. So, um, you need to, to understand that. Um, ozone is much more powerful than chlorine. It oxidizes many, many more things and kills a lot faster than chlorine does. It kills in a different way. Ozone kills by what's called cell lysing. And what that is, is it, it pretty much just splits open an organism from the outside. Chlorine has to diffuse through the cell wall and then interrupt the metabolism. So uh, it takes longer to do that. Ozone is very fast because it just literally rips open the organism. Um, the other thing that you may have heard about is called AOP, and that stands for Advanced Oxidation Process. And in the Advanced Oxidation Process, they make what are called free radicals. And free radicals are a combination of UV, ozone, and hydrogen peroxide in one or all, in two or all three of those things together. Most ozone generators produce a small amount of ozone. I'm sorry, most ozone generators produce a small amount of hydrogen peroxide. The Hydrogen peroxide with ozone makes the ozone degrade. So from being 
ozone, it goes backward. And when it goes backwards, it makes a free radical. And the symbol for a free radical is like a, <laughs> like a bullet and then capital O and capital H. So it makes a free radical or what's called a hydro hydroxyl radical. And these things are super nuclear bombs in the water. They're small, but they're really, really powerful. However, they only last for one millisecond. So they don't last very long. And we talked about, you know, how much, how long ozone lasts in the water. This lasts one thousandth of a second in the water. So they don't last very long at all. They're super powerful, but they don't last very long. So let me ask Bob if, uh, let's say that you have a customer that approaches you, you're a pool pro, and they come out one day and they're like, hey, I'm thinking about getting an ozone or UV system. Um, what would be the benefit for me to get that? And so what would you say back to them if you were the pool guy standing there, a pool gal, and the customer asked you that question? Like if you wanted to do an elevator speech on it, you know, that you really can't spend 10 minutes like you're doing here telling him this. And yeah. what would be like the... Well, sure. Um, I would say um, you can use ozone. It, it provides better water quality than you have now. And it will reduce the amount of chlorine that you're going to use, uh, that we're going to use to take care of your pool. It will also kill some things that chlorine doesn't. And it will oxidize some things that chlorine doesn't, or maybe even oxidize them faster. Mm -hmm. So we find in ozonator pools, um, the scum and stuff that builds up on the tile doesn't build up because chlorine oxidizes. I mean, because ozone oxidizes Mm -hmm. So um, we get better water quality. We get some things killed that aren't killed either very quickly or killed at all by chlorine. So what about um, the sales pitch for UV then? You know, it's different than ozone as you've been describing it. So let's say you're trying to sell them a UV or they want a UV system. What would be some of the selling points of that over the ozone, I guess you would say? Well, I don't know that UV can be sold over ozone. Mm -hmm. um, UV, I think, is UV can be sold for two purposes. One is to eliminate chloramines, and the other is to kill bacteria and algae and things like that. And there are two different kinds of UV. There's low-pressure UV, and low-pressure UV provides ultraviolet light in only one um, wavelength. And that one wavelength um, kills uh, bacteria and algae and stuff like that. It's pretty deadly. But the other one called medium pressure puts out a broader uh, range of wavelength, and it can be used to reduce chloramines, and, and, and it kills some, but it only produces about 10% of the light in the killing range. So it's more for reducing chloramines. You kind of have to decide on UV what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. Do you need to kill organisms or do you need to reduce chloramines? And then uh, the AOP would be like the combination of both of those, right? Yeah, some of those are, the ozone manufacturers have found if they tweak their ozonator just a little bit, it makes more hydrogen peroxide. Mm -hmm. and by making the hydrogen peroxide, they make the free radicals, they make the AOP. Isn't that so, what turned that pool green in, in Rio, the hydrogen peroxide? 
Uh, actually, it did. Um, the guy put in the wrong thing. And hydrogen peroxide, when you put it in a pool, especially with chlorine in it, hydrogen peroxide dechlorinates the pool. And so by, by thinking that peroxide was a great thing to put in the pool, they dumped it in the pool thinking we're going to oxidize everything. And what they did was they dechlorinated the pool. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, so, and so algae could algae could grow like crazy because yeah. they they essentially wiped out the chlorine. That's a little embarrassing, but you're not too far from that. They should have called you in. Yeah. Well, I believe it or not, um, I got a call from the guy that that was in charge of that, and they made responsible for it. But he wasn't the guy that actually dumped the stuff in the pool. But one of the guys that worked for him did. And so I talked to him right out, not too long after it happened. That's a the pretty famous Olympic, green. I think that's probably the fam most famous green pool out there, right? Yes, for sure. For sure. Anyway, um, UV, ozone, and AOP are hot new items. But if the pool, if the customer is happy with the pool, if you're happy with it, if everybody's happy, you don't need one. Don't go spending thousands of dollars on something you don't need. Kind of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you if you do have some problems with your pools, if you are getting a lot of chloramines, um, maybe an ozonate or UV unit might be something you need. If you're looking kind of for a pool that doesn't get used very much, that you don't have to do much with, there's some of these things that you can put in the pool that make AOP all the time. I, I don't like to use brand names, as you know, so there are two devices that you can put in the pool that float around and make free radicals. Mm -hmm. And if you have a pool that is not um, used very much, these are great units because they take care of the pool all the time. And, and having a little too much in the pool, there's no downside to it. So um, those are great things. But the problem with having ozone, UV, or AOP is that if you depend on it as a, try to depend on it as a primary, primary sanitizer, you run into a problem of it not being able to handle a bather load. You know, as I said with ozone, um, ozone lasts between three and 18 minutes. So if you have a pool and it's all, everything is all done in there it's all everything's killed and everything's cool in the water if you put six or eight people with uh, you know kids and adults into the pool what happens now there's zero ozone and the important thing for for everybody for taking care of water is the prevention of bather to bather disease transmission and and I'm using this term more and more these days. And the purpose is to understand that you get in the water and you leave off bacteria, and then I get in the water and the bacteria is in there and I get your bacteria. And if there's no chlorine, I let off my bacteria and you get my bacteria. And so we kind of swap bacterias. And if they're disease causing, then we both can end up getting sick. So there needs to be something in the water that produces a residual that is lasting and can be measurable so we can tell how much is there. And 
We do that with chlorine on a regular basis. We put in two parts per million of chlorine as a residual. In that way, when seven people jump into a 15,000 gallon pool, they're only gonna use up about a half a part per million of chlorine. So there's still one and a half parts left in the water to act as that shield against disease. So it sounds like the danger would be over-relying on UV and ozone and AOP and not really keeping an eye on the sanitizer, thinking that's that that's right. gonna thinking that's gonna take care of everything when it's not. That's right. And many of the ozone, UV, and AOP manufacturers claim that you can keep a lower residual. And the danger with that is the same danger. If if you think, oh, my ozone's gonna do this for me. So I'm only going to start maintaining a half a part per million of ozone. Well, I ran the numbers the other day, and the numbers are that each bather uses four grams of chlorine. And in a 15,000-gallon pool, a half a part per million of chlorine is 28 grams. And if you do the math, when seven people get in the pool, your chlorine goes to zero. If you if you have a pool that's busy on the weekends, the family comes over and enjoys it and whatever, you got mom and dad and two kids and grandma and grandpa, whatever, they all get in the pool. And almost instantly when they get in the pool, they use up all the chlorine. And so if you have a unit like this, you still need to maintain <clears throat> the recommended chlorine level. And everyone now... All the guidelines and stuff, they used to say one to four parts per million of chlorine, but nobody's recommending one anymore. It's all two parts to four parts per million of chlorine. You need to keep that two parts per million. And there's no danger, there's no problem with, with keeping a, a residual like that. There's no much, not much more exposure to chlorine with that level in there. And it provides that shield that I was talking about. It could be wiped out if you try to keep a low level. So it's it's really important that we do that. I think the other question too, Bob, I had someone just ask me this morning. He's taken over a pool. He's in Texas, and they have an ozone that's eight years old. And the customer wants to know if it's working or not. Well, how do you know if the ozone and UV are actually working? Because you said it's a bulb for UV, and I think they only have a life of like two years, right? the bulbs? Yeah, the, the, the average life, life expectancy of the bulb for making UV ozone is about 6,500 hours. Mm -hmm. And so if you divide that out, so, you know, six or eight hours a day, it's on, blah, blah, like blah. Two or three years, roughly, I would say. It turns say. out to be two to three years, and, but, and that's it. But how would so you know an ozone? They may be able to just replace the bulb, mm -hmm. and it will be fine. What about ozone and how do you know if ozone is actually working? Because that's that's something that can you tell if the ozone is working in the pool? It may be a little difficult for a homeowner. It's not so much for a service tech. It, they do make ozone test kits. Mm -hmm. um, there are test strips, actually, for ozone. Um, but you need to get uh, near the source where the ozone is being injected uh, to be able to tell that. Most of the ozone units actually um, create a venturi in a suction, and the ozone is sucked into the into the pool into an injector. Some of them actually have a compressor on them and push ozone into the pool. 
under pressure. The ones that are under pressure, you can actually take the, the tube loose and smell whether it's making ozone or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that are sucking ozone in are a little more difficult, but um, you- there are there are strips that you may be able to take an ozone strip and put it at the return line and see if there's any ozone in the return line. I think your um, description of the smell was wet hay, right? Is that what you were yeah, saying? Yeah, wet hay, or um, actually the one that most people are familiar with is if you stood by a copy machine and made like 50 copies of something and just had to keep going, and you smell that smell, most people think that it's a chemical that's in there, but it's not. It's actually a light that's, that's flashing on and making the copies, and the light is actually a UV light. Huh. And it's actually making ozone at the copy machine. Huh. Interesting. And I guess the last question would be, a lot of people are buying hot tubs, um, the fiberglass hot tubs, and the dealers are selling these with either ozone or UV or both of those. Right. And, and they're saying to the customer, all you need is this. You don't need to add any kind of bromine or sanitizer because you have UV and ozone in your hot tub. What, is, what are your thoughts a, on that? That's just a bad idea and mm-hmm. wrong. And... I'm not trying to dance around anything. You know me, I shoot right from the hip. So it's a bad idea and it's wrong. It doesn't provide any residual at all. So there's no residual in the water. So what happens when you and a, and a friend get in the water? There's nothing to prevent anything from me getting your bacteria or you getting mine. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. There's not enough ozone being produced that you could measure a residual in the water. You can, you can measure the presence of ozone where it's being made, but not a residual in the water. So it's not possible to do that. And it can't produce enough ozone to overcome the, the contamination from two or three people sitting in there. So it's not a good idea to use a unit and let only UV and ozone uh, be the sole source of sanitizer. It's, it's wrong. And the best thing you can use is chlorine. Mm-hmm. Um, bromine has a problem, especially with ozone. We've talked about that before. Bromine and ozone, no matter how you add it, if bromine and ozone are added to the water, it makes what's called bromate. And bromates are cancer-causing. So here we are selling a device that's supposed to be a health device and then making a cancer-causing thing with using bromine and ozone. It's just not a not good business. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy when you put it that way. You're gonna stick around. We're gonna talk about some other topics here, but I think you did a great job giving a prepper on UV ozone. And you want to mention the fact that you have some tech bulletins on your website about this. Yeah, I've I've created I create about a a tech bulletin a month, and I have a website that you may or may not have heard of called the Cool Chemistry Training Institute. And rather than having you type that long name out to get to the website, you just type PCTI.online, and it takes you right to the Food Chemistry Training Institute. We offer training for service technicians to certify them in food chemistry, and we have some books for sale for service techs and even homeowners. There's a homeowner book called Easy Pool Care and a service tech guide called Service Cool uh, chemistry for service pros. But I have 15 or 20 tech bulletins on the website that are free. 
Uh, you can view them for free on the website. And if you give the uh, website your email address, it will uh, allow you to download those tech bulletins as a, um, uh, a PDF file, and they are free. Um, I have two tech bulletins, one that goes through uh, what these things are, how they work, the details of, of what the doses are and how you can decide on the right size for your pool, and one that goes through, as we have discussed, and discusses the capabilities and limitations that you need to be aware of. Um, no residual and, and a fixed amount that they're putting out and using these supplements with chlorine um, as a residual. So um, you need to be aware that these are out there. You're welcome to, to use these uh, uh, tech bulletins as you wish. So I hope you found that information helpful when you're deciding on selling a UV or ozone or AOP system to your customer. And this is just one podcast and many series of podcasts that I've recorded with Bob Lowry. If you can tune in for the rest of the week, we're going to talk about zero chlorine in the pool, also the test kits versus test strips. We're also going to talk about residential versus commercial pool. And then we're going to end with t- talking about dogs in your pool and some things you can do to help yourself on your pool route if you have dogs swimming in the pool and that's in this series of podcasts and of course this is the fourth series of podcasts that I recorded with Bob Lowry and if you want to listen to the other podcasts with Bob Lowry just go to my website swimmingpoollearning.com and on the banner click on the podcast icon and then you'll have a drop down menu of the podcast that I recorded and of course I have about 600 podcasts there available for you So you can listen at your leisure to those, and you can scroll down and find the ones that I recorded with Bob Lowry, which I highly recommend because Bob Lowry is the premier expert on pool water chemistry. And if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining, including a 10% discount on your general liability insurance through SPA. Again, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.